Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome in to the Autzen Audibles podcast. I'm Matt Prem, Eric Scopel, Jared Mack on the show. And today we are joined by a guest, Alik Terry, Oregon's offensive line coach. Uh, he's joined the Ducks in February 14th, 2013, a return to Eugene. Uh, Alik, thanks for coming on the show. How are you doing, man? How's your offseason? Yeah, appreciate y'all, man. Blessed, no complaints. Just got back off the road. Good month of recruiting for the Ducks. Hit the trail, get a bunch of love for the Ducks, man. Going to find us some, some future Ducks. So I can't complain at all. Good to be back and being back around the guys. Alik, that kind of goes right into just our, our first question. Um, what's a typical off-season day for you guys right now? When it's summertime, eval period's over. Look, in your job, we know there's no true off-season now. You guys are always got something to work on. So what's kind of the focus for you guys right now? What are you? What's your day-to-day right now? Uh, right now, it's good. Like, like I said, getting back around the guys is good to be back around the guys during summer workouts. And right now, it's more just prep for the year, trying to get ahead on some opponents that we're going to play, trying to get ahead on some of the things that we know we're going to utilize week in and week out from the game plan standpoint and start to get out some of the, the – this is a new staff as far as offensively, just starting to uh, iron out some of the things of how we're going to prepare, the ways we'll prepare, the things that people are responsible for. So just getting the kinks out right now to prepare ourselves for the season and uh, get our eyes on guys way early in advance so that way we have an I- idea on guys right before we see them, not just the week of. Hey, Alik, thanks again for, for joining the show. It means a lot. Um, I'm sure Duck fans are excited to learn more about you, so hopefully we can we can do some of that. And I think I, I wanted to start kind of with why coaching for you. You're you know still in your 20s. You could have done a, a lot of different things professionally. Obviously, you love football. Where where did the idea to get into coaching come from, and was that something that maybe even predated your playing days at Wake Forest? Uh, I think everything works like and the, the Lord makes no mistakes. I'm along. My dad is a coach, a defensive coordinator down in Miami, coaching down there 20 plus years, longer than I've been alive. Uh, I have, all my family's around football. I got two older brothers. One played in the league 10 years. The other brother played in the CFL, does training. So I've always been around football. I never thought I wanted to coach. My dad used to be the guy. We had a pickup truck. When my brother got to the league. He bought my dad a pickup truck. We had 12, 13 people in the truck. We take everybody home on the way home. So I've always been around that type of environment, always been uh, cohesive with people. And like a lot of my family is extended family through the game of football. So I think the coaching thing kind of got forced into my hand because my senior year at Wake, I got medically disqualified and I had too many concussions. So once again, the Lord makes no mistakes. One of my mentors, Charles Bentley, when I was playing, I would go see him every summer, obviously to work on my skill set because he, he, he trains NFL offensive linemen. So anytime I would come back from that training, I would coach my teammates. Whenever we had extra practice and things of that nature, I would always coach them. So my senior year, I got medically disqualified. My coach was like, man, stay around the team, man. Because I got elected captain right before the deal even happened. So let me hear a captain on this team. And the guys respond to you, man. Just try this coach thing out so that way you'll be around anyway. So I think that was the biggest blessing in life because that's the only reason I think I'm blessed to be this young and be in this profession because I kind of got a head start. I mean, I love the game so much. I think I was one of those guys that if I made it to the league or if I didn't make it to the league, I would have been in the CFL, XFL. I'd be one of those guys consistently trying to make a team or roster in whatever case scenario, but 
because the game kind of got took away from me, it kind of forced me into this hand. And I'm, I'm so grateful for it because that year, my senior year at Wake was hands down my favorite year around football ever. It was actually, and I think that's the, the unique way and a unique advantage I have over other offensive line coaches across this country. The first guys I ever had to coach are my friends. We know better than anybody. When you coach your friends, you're like, bro, shut up. Bro. I'm not hearing that. So be able to find that connection, to be able to connect to those guys and find ways to be able to let those guys. I mean, at the end of the day, football is, is a unique sport because everybody's trying to get better. If you find, you give somebody some tools and some ways to get better, I bet they come back. So that, that's kind of what kind of birthed that. So I, I thank Coach Tobacco, my offensive line coach, that week so much because he literally gave me the tools like, man, come do it for a year. And like you said, I could have did something else. The second I graduated, I went to go work for the Orange Bowl for like six months. I worked partnerships and sponsorships. I loved it. I'll probably still be working there right now. I got John Moss. He, 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 it's funny how the Lord works. John Moss is my boss. He worked I and mean, he played for my dad in high school. Didn't know the connection. Didn't have that connection. He heard, he saw my name in an interview. And he was like, I think I know that, that kid's dad. I used to be running around with, he used to be running around with us at practice. And he sure enough ended up being my boss. And I love him to death. I just knew I couldn't work in a regular world. Like the working nine to five deal, it just wasn't my vibe. I, I love the job, but just the the repetitiveness of it. I'm like, I'm going to be repetitive in anything I do. I'd rather be around the game right. of football and doing what I love. Aleek, you know, during spring football, we got to interview you. You talked about how Oregon was your dream school. Just for the listeners there who weren't there, obviously, at the, the media session, just why was Oregon your dream school? And then kind of what was the hiring process with, with Dan Lanning and talking to him? And just what were your emotions going through that, learning that you were going to become the next offensive line coach for Oregon? I mean, it, it was a blessing. I mean, the the unique thing I tell guys is being from the East Coast, the late night games were only one school at one point. It was Oregon. Mm -hmm. So when I was in high school, when I was coming, I went to high school from 10 to 14. At that time, you couldn't tell me anything other than Marcus Mariota, uh, DeAnthony Thomas, LaMichael James, all those guys. So, And then now, obviously, the game of football in Miami is such a big thing, but so is like swag. So obviously, you saw the swag in late nights. You saw the Oregon. I remember being a kid, and at the time, it's funny now to like have my DMs filled with like messages from players. I remember I was doing that when Facebook was just starting. I remember messaging Coach Greatwood, like, "Hey, my name is Lee Terry, yada yada yada." He was like, "Man, if you get a chance to come on out here, come to camp, man. We're really interested." And like, obviously, seeing now being here, why he was saying those kind of things, like, "Man, you want guys to get here first, so it's not just a field trip." But I think it was it was a blessing because once I got to work out here as a, a as a GA, man, it was everything that you imagine of a place. It was that times 10. And then the people here were even better. I think it was just a, a, a match made in heaven for me because if you're a football lover of any sort, there's nothing negative about this place. I just, I'm just being honest. I'm not recruiting. I, I literally mean that. I thought Miami was a place that was committed to football. It's not even close when you come to a place like University of Oregon. So after being here and experiencing the GA, I wrote my little diary, my personal diary. If Oregon ever called me back for a full-time job, I was coming. And sure enough, when I left the Hawaii, and once that year was over, the guys spoke highly enough of me last year because I didn't know Coach Lannon from the campaign, but those guys spoke highly highly enough of me last year to Coach Lannon that he brought me back as an analyst, and I was back for like four weeks, short stint, and then left to the Vikings. And then once the Vikings season was over, getting that call from Coach Lannon was a blessing. I was in Jamaica. I was enjoying a, a vacation. We just got done with the NFL season. We lost to the Giants in the playoffs. But in actuality, I was in Japan when he texted me. And then I was like, man, I'm going to be in Jamaica in a week, but I'll have my laptop. I'm, I'm ready to interview. And we already had a tremendous relationship for the month I was here. He was, uh, I, I communicated with him thoroughly about him be leaving, about the opportunity at hand that I had to go to the NFL. He was completely supportive of it. He was like, man, we're going to cross paths again. Who knew it would be in such a short manner? 
I, I tell this story all the time. Coach Dillingham, when I left, he was like, man, where do you see yourself in five years? I was like, man, in five years, I hope I'm the offensive line coach at Oregon. I'm like, where do you see yourself in five years? Like, in about five years, uh, Herm will probably be retired from Arizona State, and I may probably be up for the head coach of Arizona State. Not even a year later, he was the head coach of Arizona State, and I got an offensive line job at Oregon, man. So the second Coach Landon called me, I called him like, man, thank you for making me speak that into existence because both of us are living out our dreams, man. So I was more than blessed and happy uh, uh, and ecstatic when Coach Landon called me back a second time because it was my dream. My dream job was to be the offensive line coach at the University of Oregon. And for it to happen so young, for it to happen to me at such a time, I know every single day I can't, I can never not, I say blessed probably too much, but I don't care to be blessed. What a story. That's in the, in the Kenny part there. It's kind of the cherry yeah. on top for those listening of just how that ties I, together. Especially now, like this last month, I was on a roll and guys obviously are scared with the, the environment of college football. Like, man, coach, are you going to be there long term? I'm like, maybe everybody can't say this comfortably. Knock on wood. As long as I do my job and I do what's necessary, we do what our job is necessary. Coach Landon doesn't get rid of me. I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> Hey, and I guess just kind of along sort of the lines you mentioned earlier, and we talked about your age and, and how that was, you're surprised maybe that you got this opportunity so quickly. What's the benefit of being a, a, a position coach at this age? And I know you knew some of the guys from when you were here before, so those relationships probably are, are pre-existing and that helps. But does that help at all in terms of just connecting when you're like, I'm only five or six years older than some of you guys? Yeah, no doubt. And and like I said, the thing that I feared at first about that, about it being so close in age, it ends up being some of more of the positives. Uh, I, and I think you hear a bunch when you talk to recruits, you talk to our guys, it's more so I'm not a screamer, I'm not a yeller. I've been there. I know what it feels like when somebody's just unnecessary, unnecessarily screaming at you. The task at hand isn't going to get done. I mean, we all, these are young men, we're trying to make it a grown man. Let's have a conversation first. If we're having a conversation three times, then I might have to raise my voice and get a little bit out of character. But I want to be the same single. I want to be the same person every single day. And is that me being young? I think it's just more. It's I'm closer than being removed from the game than a lot of other people. So I don't. I call it the end of the world disease. Everything's not the end of the world to me. These young men are 17 to 21 years old, and they're learning in this process. It's my job to help them learn and uh, configure their ways in, in that process. It doesn't have to be all screaming and yelling. So that's just my style. Connecting with them, like I said, I don't know if it's my age or more so the first people I ever had to coach were my best friends. So having that, I don't have to be MFing people all the time to get a serious point across. I mean, if I, we, I think Coach Landon does a tremendous job with our staff that if you're coaching, we can communicate. We're teachers. I learned that from Coach Mirabal even prior to this. My dad is a teacher and a coach. Like, we are teachers at the end of the day. So I know guys have tried to use it against me, me being young. And, and I, Coach Mirabal is like my mentor, true mentor, one of my mentors. And he said it when Coach Landon hired me. He said, remember something. Coach Landon didn't hire you to try out for this position. You're fit for this position. So just don't, don't let anybody with that age try to play with you. This ain't a tryout. This is you, you got the damn thing, so do it. And once I heard that from him, it's like all that other stuff. That's like I told you, I'm not, there's no pressure. What pressure is there? The pressure was the interview. The pressure was all that other stuff. Now it's just doing what we all love to do when everybody is good and does so. You're one of the position youngest position coaches in the league, probably the country. Um, just looking at it from your perspective, just big picture for you. You, you said it here. You said it before. Your dream was to coach here, but is it just coaching as the offensive line coach? What are your aspirations individually? Take a second to just be a little bit greedy for yourself. And what do you want your career to, to look like when when you're done? What's kind of your your goal here for 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 Oregon? And how you kind of balance that to work towards that, and also kind of do your your current job day to day? Yeah. yeah. I'm a big proponent of be where your feet are. 
a lot of my quote unquote OGs have all stated that this thing is so volatile. You don't know. You can have an idea of what you want to do, but this thing is so volatile. Every single day, having an appreciation for what you do, and that way you can kind of control things a little bit better. But I, I, if it was ideal in my situation, it's to be an offensive line coach. And I know Coach Han said it the other day, but we have to control and be responsible for about 20 guys anyway. You're basically a coordinator half the time. I know people don't like to say that, but the responsibility that's tasked by offensive line coach is already enough. And I love the position. I love the position so much and everything that comes with it. I don't have aspirations of being an OC or a head coach, whatever the case may be. I learn every day. So if that ends up happening in a decade from now, let the let the chips fall where they may. But honestly, if there was something that would move me from this position in four to five years, it would have to be a head coaching job in my eyes. But even then, all due respect, there's not many places like this place. So if there's not the right fit, and I was just telling that to somebody the other day, like it's more than just over the Oregon. It's the fit. It's the people. It's the connection. Obviously, I have a relationship with a ton of the players here. I help recruit a ton of the players here. Right. It's just so many chips that fail perfectly that I'm like, and then once again, it's not recruiting. Once you experience this place, I've been blessed to be able to go up to a ton of places. Been a lot. Of, my brother was a five star. I went to every school. My dad's been coaching forever. He used to take a van and used to take take us on a trip to all the uh, southeastern schools, ACC, SEC, all that. When I got out here, I'm just like, God, we need to see, more people need to see this place because it's nothing <laughs> like it. the commitment it is to obviously the football, but the commitment to the university is unmatched. And if you're just anybody with any with a pulse. Unless you get let somebody get in your ear and tell you otherwise, there's no reason why you say no to this place. Alik, I wanted to, to, to ask a fun question before we go to break. I asked Dan this when he was on our podcast, I think two two months ago, whatever the case was, about his pregame playlist. He, he mentioned it in media interviews, didn't go into it. We finally got him to crack and go into what his playlist looks like. I want to hear what your pregame playlist looks like. A little different. I have like phases. It kind of just depends on the phase. Like mm-hmm. as we're like right about to go out, probably within the next thirty minutes, I'm a bit of a slow, slow music R and B kind of guy. Right? Mm-hmm. My Kodak Black, that's probably a little bit early in the day, get the day started. I'm definitely I'm a Florida guy, I'm a big Kodak guy, and then right. it kind of like transitions slowly. Then it goes like Rod Wave, where it's like rap and then singing a little bit, and then it kind of just goes to like smooth R and B jazz, kind of hit shuffle after music, and let it do its thing. But early in the day is it's real ignorant. Early in the day, it's real ignorant. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you. A lot of Kodak Black, a lot of Future, a lot of Gunna. To get the day going, and then once you get closer to battle, it's a little more soothing, a little more breathing. I like to tell our guys, you, I, control madness. You can't be all. I, I, I have no problem with the guy like, ah, if that's your game, that's your game. But just make sure you focus when it's kickoff time. We're speaking with uh, Oregon's offensive line coach uh, Alik Terra here on the Austin Audible's podcast. Uh, Alik, thank you for coming on the show. We've got a lot more questions to go, uh, and we really enjoy this conversation with you right now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. 
conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm back with a, with a post-break question. So you mentioned a little bit about going to the Minnesota Vikings last season, and you were an assistant defensive line coach there. Just, I guess, how has you know coaching to the as an assistant on the defensive line and in the NFL level helped you come back and now be an offensive line coach? Has what, what kind of things did you learn from, from that experience that have helped you going into this year? Mm-hmm. And I don't hide it. You know, I don't care if anybody thinks I should, but I'm gonna be honest with you. I didn't want to do it because as an African American offensive line coach, I didn't want to be a a, like associated with somebody who couldn't handle the cerebralness of offensive line play. So I didn't want to go to the defensive line and be like, oh, he's just a defensive line guy because he couldn't handle the whole line. So I was really like, I don't know if I want to do this. But in the interview process, talking to Ed Donatelle and Kevin O'Connell, it was it made so much sense. Kevin O'Connell's from the Sean McVay family and a bunch of the coaches that are in that family have coached on both sides of the ball. And there's, I mean, once I took a step back and stopped looking at it such, such from an individualistic look, like he was like, you're you're not wrong in your thinking, but understand how much more of a better football coach you'll be when you know what your opponent is trying to do. And I'm so grateful. I, I thank God daily that I did it because the year that I was able to spend under Chris Runk, who was a defensive line coach there, being around Dalvin Tomlinson, uh, 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 all those guys in that room, the defense staff, Ed Donatel, being able to learn three different levels of defense, being able to learn defensive techniques. And then respectfully, being an assistant defensive line coach, I was tasked to coach the defensive line. So I had to learn this stuff quickly to be able to reiterate it and give it to our guys to be able to use it. But once again, like I said earlier, guys, just they'll come back if you give them something that they'll use. So being able to teach them defensive line stuff through the eyes of offensive linemen, I think those guys appreciated that even more. And like now I'm doing right now, vice versa. Now I'm able to be able to teach our guys a little bit more different things of this is what defensive line we're looking for. I mean, I'm not trying to be funny. I put way more respect on defensive linemen now after coaching for a year because I probably thought it was a little bit more sea ball, get ball. But <laughs> being in a system where it was so much more intricate than that and being so detailed, you realize, man, those guys sacrifice just as much as we do. They just get it from a cheat alignment because they get to lean forward at the snap of the ball and we don't. It's really a sacrificial position. And if the guys who do it the right way, they open up, they take on double teams for linebackers. And if you're one of those guys that's freaking pass rush, you just live for third down. But then, you have an appreciation thing. Every now is not third down. Every now is not. You can't do your best pass rush. You got to play the run. You got to do those kind of things. So, being able now to help our guys see those kind of things and see things from defensively from a, a shell standpoint, seeing how guys guys can play with us. Obviously, Coach Landon is a tremendous defensive mind. Coach Tosh is a tremendous defensive mind. So they play games with our eyes. But I can comfortably now tell them, don't worry about this because this is going to happen. Don't worry about this because this is going to happen. And if it wasn't for that experience I had last year. I wouldn't have been able to, to be able to be as consistent as I am with it now. And obviously being around those guys doing it, obviously the NFL at the highest level, seeing how they went about their work every day. Kevin O'Connell, Chris Ronald, everybody in that, in that building, that associates all the way from the GM, Quasi down, they just, it's, it's just ran different. Those guys are consistent. They are thorough. And it made me approach my work even more different. Every time I, I, I at least me personally, every staff I get around, I'm going to try to stoke up as much as possible to see what I can add to my arsenal to help me a better ball coach. So being around those guys, I'm forever grateful, forever grateful. Because obviously we had a tremendous year and won the division champs, made it to the playoffs, all that good stuff. So it was a blessing. I'm so thankful for it. 
What's your dynamic with with Coach Kavanaugh? Like, is there a good cop, bad cop there? And you know, in, in practice, are you guys splitting duties <laughs> at all between? Is like, are you working with interior guys? He's working with tackles, or is it just you're all working with all all five positions? The, the law firm is myself, Coach Cav, and Coach Cutter Leftwich, and we take tremendous pride in the law firm. I mean, I remember in, in the in the interview process, Coach asked me that, like, would I have an ego if we brought an analyst on? Then I'm like, I mean, it respectfully, be that. The more eyes you have on offensive line, the better. I know, like, being here with the previous staff, it was Coach Cristobal, Coach Mirabal, myself. Mm-hmm. Having multiple eyes on the offensive line is a benefit. We can sit here and tell a, a recruit, you don't think Coach Lanning, a defensive coach, is committed to offensive line play? Hello, he's got three guys in here that are committed <laughs> to offensive line play. You know, the, the relationship Coach Cab, Coach Cut, and myself have is tremendous. I just had to kick him out of my office to do this because we're always together. They call us the law firm for real. We're always together. We're probably snacking on something 24-7. But, I mean, the dynamic we have, I think, is one, like I said, good cop, bad cop. I've learned from Coach Cab. Coach Cab has even said, like, he likes the way I, I – if I go off, I go off in a way that's still, like, look, I've learned so much from it. It's vice versa. But to me, to have somebody who's put 30-plus guys in the league, who's been doing this at the highest level since I've been alive, I'd be ignorant not to be sitting here taking in game, not to be sitting here bouncing ideas off of each other. And to me, it only helps the university. I told Coach that, I said, what am I going to have an ego for? At the end of the day, if it's going to help us be better, let's do it. Now, I think the relationship we have is tremendous, and I think it rubs off on our guys. The recruits come in, and they see that, and they're like, oh, man, this this isn't a – I've been a part of situations on multiple levels where you have multiple guys in a room, and it affects the players. And, I mean, obviously, right. offensive line, it ain't no stats. What am I have an ego for? Let's go get these guys out there kicking butt, and that's all that's going to matter. This year, the offensive line has to replace four senior starters from last year's unit. That was really good. Um, what do you what did you learn just about your group during spring ball as you usher in a new era of, of Duck offensive linemen under you, your your leadership? To me, the, the the will and the fight out of all those guys, even if you task them with something new, they're like, Coach, bring it on. We want all parts of it. And to me, that's as an offensive line unit. It's going to be – it's a developmental position. Guys have to be taught. Yeah. This is the third time. I mean, if you all know as avid Duck fans, the first time this happened was when Shane, Jake, and all those guys were redshirt freshmen, and they got 50 career starts. Then once yeah. those guys left, and you were sitting there with Salas, TJ, uh, Alex Forsyth, Ryan Walk, boom, now they're gone, and then now it's back again. And I think that's one of the things we try to reiterate, even the recruits. This place is built for this kind of stuff. Everybody else is going to say, like, oh, man, there's a – yeah, it is. We're going to have our growing pains because it's new football for new guys. But we right. have the right guys that's fitting in the new positions. So for me, that's half the battle. The guys have the mental makeup to do it. The rest is on us. It's on myself, Coach Cab, Coach Cut, Coach Love to help those guys get bigger in the way wrong. Those guys get bigger, faster, stronger. We'll do our job from the development and getting the knowledge up. But those guys want it. And that's the part that matters most to me. Every single day, those guys are getting extra work. We don't have to make it mandatory to get work. We were out on the road. I was getting screenshots from guys up top like, man, we got 15 guys outside. To me, that's the stuff that's going to matter. As much as you know, all the other stuff sounds good, who's putting right. in the work right now to know that we have to replace four guys, five guys, and get a whole new lineup. That's where the work cohesion together because just because it's five new guys doesn't mean, oh, we'll take our chances on going. We're aiming to go win it all every single day we step out here, whether that's with five walk-ons or five scholarship guys. we got to get the job done. The, 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 the expectation is never going to differ from that. But it's, a, it's, it's a definitely a blessed opportunity. And now it's one where we have competitive guys, too. So who's going to end up being the five? Who's going to work every single day? And who's not going to have just three days, but who's going to put 30 days together? 
And that's what's going to be important for us and our success. You've added a couple of transfers from the portal this this offseason. Um, when you go into the portal, what are the attributes you're just looking for? Like for you guys just to even be interested? Are, are there things that – is it very similar to just high school recruiting or, or is it different in that regard? I mean, it's a little different because the players are going to be different without a doubt. Uh, you probably have a little bit more access to film in college because of PFF and those things. High school, you kind of just leaning on highlights and then maybe some camp highlights and some camp films that they do. But with portal guys, majority of the time, especially if somebody that all due respect, and there's nobody, there is no set way in doing this. You might find a guy who right. hasn't played a down, you're like, let's go after him. And there's guys who played a ton of downs, you're like, let's go after him. But obviously, it'll be more ideal if guys played more downs and you got more film to be able to evaluate. So that way you can evaluate. And for me, it's still the same as I consider high school guys because we're still looking for high character a-holes. And that's how we like to say it. If people usually laugh because I want we want guys in our room that if somebody drops their wallet with a thousand dollars in it, they're getting it back with a thousand dollars in it. But once you're within the white lines, it's literally F you. It's F everybody. And if you're not in green, yellow, or white, you gotta get it for four quarters straight or however long necessary. And you could turn somebody's film on and say, okay, is he – obviously, you can't see a high-character part on off the film, but you can see if he's a-hole. You can see if he's consistent. You can see if he's finishing consistent. Because there's a lot of times that there's no disrespect to anybody. A kid may be in a situation where he might be at his roof there. He might have said, Coach, I think I want to go somewhere else because I feel like my – and that's on us to evaluate on film. Okay, this kid has a ton of much to grow. This kid's doing this right now. Imagine if da-da-da or whatever the case may be. So and we're never going to reach – if it's a necessity and it's somebody that we feel truly fits into what we are, what we want to be, we'll go after them. If not, and it doesn't fit, I feel like, and no disrespect, nobody. Once again, I say respectfully a lot because people get sensitive if I say something, but other people might just dive at every single thing possible. We're not going to do so in that situation because once again, we're going to we recruit our tails off. We're going to do a good job in high school recruiting. And if it's a necessity or it helps better our program, we'll do so. With this new group that you guys have with the transfers, the freshmen, and everybody coming back, this, I guess where specifically are you hoping to see your group improve upon as you guys head into fall camp and then head into the season? Uh, for me, because it's such a young group, kind of, like you know you got Grizz and those guys, some of those older guys, for me it's the mental finish. You got a bunch of guys right now who finished their tail off, but to be a young group, we're going to need a group that's mentally like can withstand whatever happens to us. We call it like, man, you ever seen Men in Black? They got a little flash stick, they have short-term memory. It's kind of those deals because they're going to be growing pains. These young guys, some of them haven't never played collegiate ball yet, and they're going to be required to play a lot of collegiate ball. So there's going to be growing pains. So just having a mental fortitude that no matter what happens, you can come back and be the same good, great player that you know you are, no matter what happens, no matter what results. So our mental fortitude more than anything. Because if you're talking anything physical, come out here and watch it work out. They work their tail off. They explosive, they change direction, they, all that stuff you're going to get. And if you play the position, you know our position. It's going to be more mental than anything. So if those guys continue to grow themselves mentally, I think we'll be exactly what we want to be. We're going to wrap it up here, Alik. And again, thank you so much for your time. Um, just with a pretty broad question that I'll let you answer, what's been the most challenging part so far? And what's been maybe the most satisfying part of, of what you've done in the last couple of months? Uh, probably the most challenging part. It's just the amount of things you have to get done. You know, when you're a GA, you kind of don't realize the amount of things you got to get done. So you can see why there is so much of an urge, like, not, not trying to sound corny, like I missed the guys when I was on the road the last month because there's just so much things that are required. And it's not as like a burden. It's just you just didn't realize that when you're in the GA world. You do a ton as a GA, so you're like, man, I'm always busy. 
And then you realize that when, you, when it is your position, you're just respectfully accountable for a lot more. So that's probably the biggest surprise, I guess. You're just responsible for a lot more, but that's really just because it takes me away from a little bit more of like the intricate football and teaching one-on-one as much as I would like. But it comes, it's going to come naturally because they'll see me every single day once the season gets here. And then the most satisfying part is just literally seeing a guy not being able to do it in a week later. He might be one of the best in the room doing it. <laughs> like, ooh, we, okay. <laughs> we got some grass here. Like, I just use this example. Like, Dave, I usually, the first week of spring, was struggling to run outside zone just because it wasn't much of an outside zone team last year. And a lot of times, like I said, it's, it's keeping those guys to be confident. Like, okay, you're not getting it, but you haven't done it a ton. And then a week later, he's ripping off the ball, stretching the three technique. He's like, ooh, we, yes, sir. I love it. So that's probably the most satisfying when you see guys like struggle. And because they might really be trying harder for two days, you're like, God, yeah, I can't get it. And understand the repetition is king of all. And a week later, the dude's doing it. Now they're able to probably, and it's not even, that's probably not the most satisfying. And then it's like seeing Dave with Poncho, like, look, do it like this. And then it becomes contagious. All those guys are helping each other. And I think that's probably the best part of our room. The camaraderie those guys got, those guys love each other. And that's the mm-hmm. part. That's half the battle right there. You love each other, you're going to play even harder on Saturday. Alik, thanks for coming on the show. We really appreciate your time. We'll uh, let you go. Keep finding and developing those uh, high-quality, high-character uh, a-holes. And yeah, let's find enough. some more of those guys. <laughs> I appreciate y'all, man. Thank y'all so much for what y'all do for the Ducks, man. For real. Thank y'all. Thanks, Alik. Thanks, Alik. Y'all be blessed. CBS Sunday, after the Equalizer. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. It's the season finale. Everyone's looking for something. Of Tracker. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. How you survive, you make quick, smart decisions. If you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker, CBS season finale Sunday after the Equalizer on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. It only takes two minutes of sheer horror. A new Paramount Plus original docuseries. We were dealing with a serial killer preying on elderly women. A cold-blooded killer hidden in plain sight. He's suffocating people with pillows. Leaving corpses all over Texas. How did it happen? I was responsible for her. The guilt is immeasurable. They covered it up. Pillowcase Murders, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus.